Hello, and welcome to the Broke Bingo Addict. This is a podcast that ventures through the wild and crazy world of bingo. This is much more than your grandmother's bingo. My name's Shari, and welcome to this week's episode, which, as always, is for entertainment purposes only. In our last episode, I was having such a great time chatting with Mike Baraboo from Cry Help. I decided to see if he would be willing to come back and continue talking with us, and he was kind enough to say that he would. So thanks, Mike, for being willing to come back and share your knowledge with us again. Absolutely. I kind of want to start where we left off, and I don't know if you remember, but I had asked you if there was anything strange that had happened. What was the craziest thing that happened? And you mentioned like several things, but the one that kind of stuck out the most to me is that you said two people had died there. Okay. (laughs) So my question is, what do you do when that happens? Okay. Well, uh, the way I was trained, what you should do is you continue playing bingo. Okay. What that does is that keeps everybody away from where the actual problem is. So you keep out, you, you continue to play and then you have the person, you have your personnel come in and handle it and call 911 and the fire department will come. And the people that died didn't die inside the hall. They died right at when they took them to the emergency hospital. So, so there wasn't like an investigation scene at the bingo hall. So, what you do when you have any kind of problem like that is that you continue to play that keeps everybody at their seats and away from the problem. People, some people get really angry about that, but that's the correct way to do it. And usually there's always a nurse in, in, in the bingo crowd too, that'll pop up that, that'll help out usually for a second, but you keep everybody away from the scene. And, and to do that, you continue calling. Well, how was it brought to your attention? Was it something that was obvious or somebody walked up and said, hey, this is going on? Uh, when we had West Valley Bingo, we had a lady have an aneurysm. And her head just hit the table and her friends next to her started screaming. And, and that's how it was brought to our attention. You call 911 immediately. You continue to play. You keep people away. You do whatever they tell you to, uh, to do on the, on the telephone. They'll tell you always on the telephone what to do. Like, don't let them drink any water. They ask you questions, and they get the fire department there quick. So was this person an elderly person or a middle-aged, or was it something that was just kind of totally surprising? Yes, the, the, person, uh, the person was elderly. And back, back in, the, in the days, it was mostly all elderly people playing. I mean, now uh, we have what I like to call 18 to 80 playing. So we have a lot of younger people playing now. So the first time that happened, that must have really taken you by surprise. Uh, yes, yes. It's, it's, it's quite shocking. You know, you kind of don't know what to do. But I, like I said, I have some good people training me back, back in the days. I had all the experts that are all gone now, but uh, I, I had a, a, a good managerial staff that, that, that trained me for bingo, and that's how I learned to do what I do. So did you have to end up going to the police or filling out any paperwork, or once she was taken away by the, uh, the medical people, were you just kind of like done with it, or was there any kind of... That a- was- that was pretty much, we were pretty much done with it then. Yeah. Uh, the, the medical people, the fire department leaves, and, and we usually find out later what happened. Okay. And so the second one, the same thing, was she also, or she or he also an elderly person? Yes, it was another elderly person, and it was a heart attack. Oh, and they both passed away. 
then they both passed away. Yeah, we've had the ambulance come quite a few times. Uh, a lot of times uh, people refuse to, to leave, you know. Well, that was the uh, other thing I was going to say, because like I, I don't know if I had mentioned it before, when I was at um, uh, Bosco Tech over on New Year's Eve, we were playing and there was a lady there and the same thing. She had had a stroke and I guess she was having an, another one and, sh- and the people were uh, notified and Paul came in and he was, you know, with the medics and everybody. And she was really kind of like, I don't want to go. And they had a hard time <laughs> convincing her that she had to leave. Yes, we always try to convince people that we have to call 911 for to leave. Um, there's there's some people that absolutely refuse and have somebody come pick them up. Um, but generally, when something that bad happens, we don't let them continue to play. You know, I mean, they need to seek medical attention. Um, we have had a few people that have kind of passed out and woke up, and I don't know if they were having low blood sugar or something dipped and... and the paramedics come, they look okay, they take them out, and they stay, and then they continue to play. But that's very rare. But it, it, it does happen more than you think at the bingo hall. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. But, you know, the other thing that I notice is that bingo players want to play no matter what. I mean, not just the ones who are injured, though the people that are, are, are there usually want to continue playing. So I'm surprised you say that some people got upset that you wanted to continue playing bingo because uh, I've been at places where they're like, no matter what, let's keep going. Uh, the, the, that's the, that, like I said, that's the correct thing to do. You need to keep playing. That keeps everybody calm. That keeps the, the hall quiet. That keeps the area where the person's having a problem uh, sane. You know, it keeps it all, all together. You'd be surprised how it keeps it all together. Yeah. You continue calling balls. Everything stays organized. Nobody crowds. Uh, it, it's the right thing to do. And some people don't think it's the right thing to do, but it absolutely is. you got to continue playing to keep people away from your, the incidents that's going on so you can handle that correctly and get people in well, that's to, good. to help them. Yeah, I think that's great. And you guys, you had mentioned also uh, that you have a really good security staff. So when you have any kind of issues of violence or have you ever had any kind of issues of violence where you've had to utilize your security team? Uh, we've, we've, been, we've been pretty lucky at all of our halls. Um, we run with, uh, with a lot of security. I'm not going to tell you exactly how many security we have. You, see, you do see three. We, all, we always have armed security as well. Uh, we've never had any major problems. Um, we had to have a lady arrested for cheating, so I had to have security come in and handle that. I don't put hands on anybody. We have had some small, minor problems where somebody's gotten rowdy, and we've and we've had to escort them out. But we've never had any major fights or breakouts or unruly customers that would uh, cause us to take them down or do anything like that. It stays pretty well organized, and we got great security. Uh, we've never had any major problems at all. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. It's always been very, very peaceful. And your security guards are always really nice. But you had mentioned that you did have people uh, who have cheat it and stuff like that. And I'm just wondering how you handle it. Again, I was at Bosco uh, Tech this weekend and they have the machines. You know how you have the new little machines that you can get the flash board tickets out of? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, we were standing there and the machine jammed. Like all of a sudden it wouldn't take any money. I was standing in line trying to get some 
California Gold. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and the machine jammed, and everybody was like, oh, we need to get Paul because for some reason we can't put any money in it. We will not allow people to put money in. And we just assumed because there's so many people who've been purchasing them that it was just full, like he needed to take some of the money out so you could put more money in. And so uh-huh. we got there, and we're like, we asked Paul that question. Is it just that there's so much money in it? And he said, no, that particular signal, that light or whatever, signifies that somebody had put in counterfeit money. Um, so yeah, one is that happened to you, and I'm just wondering how is that supposed to be handled? To me, I thought, well, Paul, would it be the last person who put put money in, or does it just take a minute for it to be picked out, or uh, how do you handle if people give you counterfeit money, or has that been a problem for you? Counterfeit money has been a problem in the past, and and it goes in little spurts. And uh, I've had five dollar bills that were counterfeit, which you'd think would be really odd. Why would people be counterfeiting fives? Generally, when, when we used to roll with a lot of volunteers in the hall, they used to like to try to pass it with the runners. And, it, and one or two gets by here or there. If we find a counterfeit bill, we immediately confiscate it and turn it into the bank. And you're supposed to confiscate it legally uh, and turn it into the bank. Uh, it, counterfeit does get by occasionally. Like I said, it goes it goes in little spurts. And uh, we have been burned. You know, we have had some... Get, get by us and and then we find it later when we're counting all the money or or bundling things up and and we do find it yes a hundred dollar bills here and there we counterfeit 20s we've had a counterfeit tens and fives it's yeah it's it's it can be a problem but like i said it goes through in spurts but how can you tell i mean do they are they obvious or is there something that you do that lets you know later do you like put them under some kind of a light or something how can you tell that they're counterfeit or they're just that lousy that they're easily spotable once you take the time to look yeah some of them are pretty lousy some of them are pretty good there's a pin you can use, but the pin isn't always accurate. When you handle money a lot and you get a feel for it, you can tell pretty much if it's counterfeit or not. You can tell this by the feel of the paper, the ridges. They have all kinds of safety features in the new bills, but not all bills are new, new that you handle. It's, it's something you get a feel for. And, and you could just tell right away. And then some counterfeit is just totally bad. It's like, how did my runner take that? That's like, come on. <laughs> but then my other question is, how do you know that the the person who gave you the counterfeit bill, other than the ones that are clearly obvious, how do you know that the person who gave you the counterfeit bill did it intentionally? Is it possible? How do you know that it wasn't given to them without their knowledge? Exactly. You don't. You don't know if somebody's trying to pass it unless there's multiple bills being passed at, at, at one time in the hall. Um, it's generally somebody who got it from somebody else that doesn't know they even have it and they pass it, you know, they're not knowing. So I'm assuming you guys don't prosecute or anything. You, uh... we, we, we don't we don't we don't prosecute. You're supposed to confiscate the bill when you get it. But, you know, I mean, who wants to let go of their hundred dollar bill? Yeah, well, hopefully that's not too much of a problem. I was really surprised, like I said, when Paul sat there and said, oh, it's a counterfeit bill, and he just kind of like did it, whatever he had to do, and he walked on and just kept letting people buy pool taps. So I was just really curious about that. And I'm surprised. You had told me those things before about people cheating, and I and I guess I shouldn't be, but it is surprising to know that people will do it. Like you were saying, the lady who did something with the um, paper, where she would switch the number on the paper. Right, right. Thank God for verifiers now, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because now they pop up, and it's like you couldn't, yeah. it would have to match. So I'm sure that that's yeah, one of the yeah. reasons that that was invented. 
Yeah, yeah, you could you could do that nowadays. This was before the verifier that we we got this lady cheating on the bonanza. Yeah, little cut and paste with the with the dauber and it glues it right in there, really nice. Yeah, oh, that's just amazing. <laughs> but I, I people scare me. I just can't believe that anybody would do that. But I guess you can be desperate enough sometimes. But you were talking about the fact that you know you you make so much money off of the the flashboards, and you are going to open up another night. But I I was wondering, mm-hmm. is there like a minimum? You guys have done pretty well, you, and um. Uh, at least it seems to me that you guys have done pretty well. But is there a minimum amount that you have to sell in order to make a profit? On each box of uh, flashboard tickets, there's a guaranteed profit. You need to sell the whole flashboard, and then you're you're guaranteed the profit in that ticket. It, you know, uh, it's based on a percentage. Most of the percentage is for the prize for the player, and and then there's a small percentage for for the organization. Now, the more boxes you sell, the more the more flashboard tickets. Ticket boxes you sell, the more the more money you make. We always try to stick to eleven games and two strips. If it's really busy, I I, I throw extra games in there. It's kind of a, a fine line with us. I don't like to, uh, you know, you can spend an awful lot of money playing flashboard tickets. So I don't like to throw too many in. You know, we want you to be able to come back. We don't want you to spend all your money, but we need to make money as well. So you know, there's a fine line. We we usually stick like. With, like I said, 11, 11 games in two strips. When it's really busy, people get mad. They want more tickets. I put more <laughs> out. Uh, you know, and it's just like, you know, you can see some people going, Mike, no, not another one. And everybody else is like, Mike, yes, another one. And it's, you know, I mean, we played last week. We had a very high cash ball. And again, this week it's going to be high because it wasn't one. I played eight extra games and that's like unheard of. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's great for the organization. You know, we did very well, but I don't like to, I mean, there's some games out there that play 30, 30 flashboards a night. We try not to do things like that. And I think I mentioned it before. That's one of the things I do like about you. It's like you get in there and generally speaking, for the most part, when you get there, you're selling all the, the, the flashboard tickets, which a lot of times I call pool tabs. But anyway, you're selling all of them. And generally by the time the game starts, that's it. Everything is sold out and you're not going to be spending any more money. So I do appreciate that because I know that I can get what I want and I'm not going to end up going to the ATM getting more money because you're, you're absolutely right. There are tons of places now that have gone hog wild uh, yes. with the tickets and they sell at 30 a night. And that gets to be incredibly expensive. And even if you know that you shouldn't spend the money, it's very, very tempting. So I do appreciate the fact that um, that you tend to keep it at a limited amount and stuff. But. Yeah, and, and you know what else that does? It makes, the, it makes the game more enjoyable to play at while you're playing. Right. You're not selling flashboard tickets anymore. People aren't screaming for flashboard tickets when the runners are selling them. You know, it's all quieted down and you're playing bingo. Well, and that's exa- exactly it. Again, I, I mentioned this before. You have a very peaceful location, and I and I absolutely agree that that's part of the reason is people aren't getting so. Oh, I didn't get one. Oh, get over here. What you know, me, me, yeah. and and it's yeah. also good, I'm sure, for your employees or your your clients who aren't being hassled uh, by people, you know, yelling and screaming at them all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but again, so but they are still like you said. You try to keep it at, at around about ten um, that you do uh, uh, each day. And yeah, we sell eleven online in the two strips, and then we have usually two tickets of the machine for people just extras, and then that's it. And then when it's busy or uh, the online sales was really well, there's hardly any tickets left. That means there's nothing for anybody to buy for walk-ins. So we do put a couple more out for walk-ins. 
and everybody else, of course. But uh, uh, yeah, that's kind of how we base it. Is how the pre-sales is that kind of knows how you're gonna how busy you're gonna be, and it kind of tells us if we're gonna play an extra game or so. Like probably this Saturday, we're gonna probably play quite a few tickets again um, because, like I said, our cash bowl is what almost five thousand bucks, so we're probably gonna have a decent crowd. Oh, I'll probably make it out there. Uh, but then that, that's my other question. You've got a really high cash ball. I know that when things are really high before or you had some special thing going on that you would use the bingle bugle uh, to advertise, right? Yes. And now that doesn't seem to be available anymore. What do you do to get the word out? Okay, we, we have uh, uh, email. So you can you can get on our, our, our email blast and we do a weekly email. It tells you what the cash ball is for every day and the flash cash. Mm-hmm. And it tells you if we're having any specials like $300 games or if we're going to do a special $500 game. Uh, so we, we do emails every uh, every week. And you can go to our Cry Help webpage and sign up for that. Or if you know somebody who's on the email list, they can forward you the email and you can there's a spot to click on it and you can sign up yourself that way we also do facebook so our email gets posted on facebook as well at our facebook page you know sometimes i get this is where i'm really bad i sometimes i'm really lazy on the social media thing and i know i shouldn't be (laughs) You, you know i mean i should be taking pictures of people and posting people like to interact like this last weekend i actually went live a couple of times Uh, I should do that kind of stuff more often and utilize uh, the advertising uh, experience that it it brings us. And sometimes I just don't. I'm like I said, I need to really start doing it some more. But I get so into doing the game, you know, I forget, oh, we need to take pictures. (laughs) Right. No, I snuck a picture in. But yeah, and I also think the TikTok, I think it would be very helpful to get acknowledgement on TikTok as well. And people ever since my uh, podcast have actually uh, asked me some more questions about it, which I'm more than happy to promote. And uh, and Kiki really had a good time. So she said nice things about you as well. So Well, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I wish she'd win. I don't, I don't, she came last weekend on Saturday. And I don't know if she won or not. I, I, I try to you know, throw my action all around. So I know a lot of people know her, so I didn't want to bother her while she's at her seat. I don't know if she won or not. I wish she'd win. Yeah. I want her to, I want her to come back. And, uh, I'm sure she'd wish she wins too. Yeah. But, uh, but what would you think about it, doing a TikTok event there? Have you seen any of the other TikTok events that have happened like at uh, Bosco or any of the other places? I had no idea people did TikTok events. Um, I just heard about that the other day. I know nothing about TikTok. So uh, somebody would have to tune me up so I could learn about it and, and, and see what's, what's up with it. I guess, what, get all the TikTok players there and it's all online? Well, what they do is they, you know, they let people know online and then they invite TikTokers from around the country and people mm, come in oh and they gosh. have it. And it's usually a pretty big event. So I know Bosco Tech, I might have to drag you out there. Bosco Tech is going to have one this summer and they've had one before. But uh, I'm getting ready to go to Houston for one. And then there's they're all over the place. But, yeah, they, they bring in pretty big crowds. So I think that that's something that you might want to think about, you know. Well, holy Toledo, we might have to do we might have to plan one and. Uh, rent a, a building outside of the city of Los Angeles to do something like that. Because, like I said, 350s are max in the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. If you so, wanted to run a big event, we'd have to go outside the city. 
yeah, they've done it in some smaller halls, So, it, but it pretty much most likely would fill it up. So they do it and they usually have, uh, you know, like little um, extra prizes or extra tabs or uh, just a little extra things there. And they're pretty fun. You get a lot of people across the country and it would most certainly fill your 350. So it's an advertising tool too. Huh? It's an absolute advertising tool. So just something awesome. to think about. So anyway, uh, oops, Mike, I'm just trying to make sure because now that I got you this time, I want to make sure that I got all my uh, questions out. Uh, oh, I know I had a question for you, too. Last time we were talking, you also mentioned the fact that you are regulated, that you're in the city of Los Angeles and there are absolutely rules that you need to follow. So this is kind That's of a, correct. this is a self-serving question here because I used to play at Buckingham, as you know, which was within walking distance to my house, literally across the street from me, and uh, it closed. But I've noticed that there are no other bingo locations anywhere near me. Do you know if that has to do something with regulations, or what would the word be for that? If that has anything to do with... regulations, I guess. Uh, No, it has nothing to do with the regulations. Uh, You just have no organizations that are going to open a bingo in that area. Buckingham was, uh, is its own, it's Culver City, so it was its own city. Mm -hmm. So they were licensed in Culver City. They weren't even a part of uh, uh, the city of Los Angeles uh, bingo commission. So I don't know all of Culver City's rules and regulations. I don't I know this much. They used to play five days a week then. Yes, they did. City I missed Los, them. City of Los Angeles only allows three. So um I'm thinking um I don't know why nobody's playing over there. I mean they go like there used to be eighty licensed games in the city of Los Angeles. There's just a handful now. You know, I don't know what's happened. I, I don't know if it's the Indian casinos Smoking law. I noticed uh, our attendance dropped when the Indian casinos and the, and the smoking laws changed. And the Indian casinos were bussing people out. Um, bingo is just, you know, it's, it's still really big, but it's slowed down. There's not a whole lot of games anymore. It, even in the uh, San Fernando Valley, there's not a lot of games. Yeah, but I'm just so surprised that there's so there's like a, a center there. I feel like there's a little center center area. There's places out in the valley. There's you. There's St. Ferdinand's. There are a bunch of places out there. There are a lot of places in Gardena. There's other places out. Uh, um, was it Bellflower in that area? But there's nothing really like centrally located in this particular little area of, like I said, Culver City in that region. So I have to drive a long way now. So that, yeah, like it I said, sucks. Yeah, just interesting. I just wondered if there was some particular reason why that was. But Was there another organization that – was it a, another charity that was playing in that area a while back ago? That oh, was competition? Not, they did. They used to have the Samoan Bingo, which now that's out in Gardena. They're, I'm waiting for them to reopen, but they used to be at Hollywood Park. Oh, yeah, Hollywood yeah, Park. Yeah, so it was Hollywood yeah. Park, and they closed down, so that's not there either. So anyway, I just thought it was interesting. I just think it's really strange. I mean, trust me, I'm a bingo player, and I'm going to go wherever I have to go to play bingo, but I just thought it was kind of interesting that there was nothing uh, particularly close anymore, and I just didn't know if there was some lobbying or some reason why that wasn't happening. So anyway, thank you for clearing that up, Mike. But anyway, I just want to say thank you, Mike. I, I think I covered a lot more stuff. I definitely had uh, a great time talking to you once again, and I really appreciate you taking the time to squeeze me in and your, your I'm sure, very busy schedule. So uh, like I did last time, I want to ask one more time, is there anything else that you want to get out there? Anything that you wanted to mention that we didn't uh, touch on? Um, no, but you know what? Just keep taking notes and um, let's do it again because I've been around for, for, for a long time, you know, 30 years. 
So, you know, I mean, I got probably stories that are, you know, really old with the old bingo commission and all the old charities that used to play. So let's, let's talk again. We will do it again. Get a a thing of questions together and maybe you'll spark something in my, my little brain here to uh, remember something kind of cool, you know, for people to hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not a problem. We will definitely do it again. But for right now, I hope you have a wonderful day and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It's always a joy to talk to you. All right. Let's do it again. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode of The Broke Bingo Addict. I'd like to thank Mike once again for coming back and chatting with us. And I really look forward to chatting with him again sometime in the near future. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Please come back and listen to us again. Take care. It's not a game. It's a red stick.